the reality of DeAndre Hopkins being out for the first six weeks of the 2022 NFL season has finally truly set in. What's next? Scheme-wise, personnel-wise, and Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus is going to join me to recap the Cardinals draft. It's a polarizing one. Alex Lanty, Locked On Cardinals. Here we go! You are Locked On Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every damn day. This episode of Locked On Cardinals is brought to you by Blue Nile. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get 50 bucks off $500. Use code Locked On at checkout. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. I mean, I guess any news is good news for us, even though it's bad news for the Cardinals. Uh, Trevor Sikma from Pro Football Focus is going to join me to break down the Cardinals 2022 NFL draft, and he's going to put his GM hat on and kind of let me know, even though the DeAndre Hopkins suspension obviously had something to do with the Cardinals trading the 23rd overall pick for Hollywood Brown, if it was still giving up too much for a guy with one 1,000-yard receiving season. Uh, in his first three campaigns in the NFL. I'll hit that in the third segment. Um, What the Cardinals need to do through the first six weeks, I'll talk about what they need to do in the second segment. But first, we really need to kind of soak in DeAndre Hopkins being suspended for the first six weeks of the season. Let's talk about the person uh, who DeAndre Hopkins is. First of all, I tweeted this out. I do not think that he knew that he was taking a banned substance. Now, this could be 0.1%, 0.5% of something that was taken. He's a vegan, I think. He's never, ever had any sort of issues like this. This is something that I know they're few and far between in the NFL with suspension. So obviously, players coming off injury, most don't get suspended for something that they're taking. I understand that the percentages are against him. Okay, This isn't Patrick Peterson. Let me say that again. This is not Patrick Peterson, in my opinion. Patrick Peterson was towards the tail end of his the pinnacle of his career. He wanted out in 2018. Like, it was a lot different than DeAndre Hopkins coming out of nowhere testing positive for performance-enhancing substances. Okay, so I 100% implicitly trust that DeAndre Hopkins didn't know. It's not his MO. And you could say, well, obviously it's not, you know, well, it's not his MO. So, you know, like maybe he'd get away with it easier. No, everybody gets drug tested, man. Everybody gets drug tested. He's never once stepped out of bounds, except for maybe flipping somebody off when driving. That's more funny. It's not breaking any rules. So I, again, I feel like as a man, as a person, as a leader, as an adult, I 100% believe DeAndre Hopkins when he says he didn't know that he was taking something that was on the ban list. I truly believe that. And this isn't having rose-colored glasses. This isn't being a homer because you know that I'm not if you listen to this podcast for a second. I 100% 
stamp of approval believe that DeAndre Hopkins did not know that what he was taking was on the ban list? What do the Cardinals do for the first six weeks of the season? I'm going to preface it by answering a question first that I asked and spoke with Peter Bukowski on the Locked On Today podcast yesterday. When the, when the schedule comes out on May 12th and the Cardinals say they play the Chargers and the Raiders and the Bucks in the first six weeks or the Saints with their defense, should the Cardinals sign another wide receiver? The answer, 100%, again, is yes. There's no screwing around this year, baby. Kyler's rookie scale contract is up. Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kimes' extensions haven't kicked in yet. The Cardinals cannot go 5-12 and 12 this year. And I'm not saying that DeAndre Hopkins being out for six weeks would directly correlate to the Cardinals starting 1-5, 2-4, 0-6. Come on, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they need to tread water until DeAndre Hopkins comes back, and they aren't statistically capable of doing that, at least from last year and the year before, okay? Or last year. So Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, A.J. Green, fine. I feel like that's the Ravens receiving core with Hollywood Brown on there. And you have Zach Ertz and Trey McBride. I'm sure Trey McBride, you're going to see a lot of two tight end sets, but I do think bringing in a wide receiver on a one-year $3 million deal who is on the trash, the trash heap is, is, is loosely defined, is still a free agent, you could bring in like a, a Dante Pettis or an Emmanuel Sanders. Julio Jones is going to want too much money. Like somebody, a stopgap, a wide receiver for de facto who could bump into that wide receiver three role to share that with Rondell Moore so there's one more weapon on the offensive side of the ball. Because obviously what we've seen this offseason is that the Cardinals are focusing on offense. That's what we're seeing. What are the Cardinals going to do? Regardless if they bring somebody in or not, what's their offense going to look like? I'm going to talk about that next. Plus Trevor Sikkim is going to join me for an extended third segment to talk about the Cardinals draft. And did they give up too much for 23 for Hollywood Brown? Talk about both of those things. First, blueandowl.com. Mother's Day Sunday, man. We're 96 hours away. I love doing that. I love that I can now nail how many days times 24 from where we are to where I want to get to. Looking for fine jewelry, but having trouble choosing. That's pretty much what dudes go through, what I go through. Blue Nile is jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at each budget. Okay? That's very important. They can help you 24 hours a day. So whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Remember. 24-hour help. Mark Mother's Day was something enduring. Classical diamond stud earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, as I mentioned, birthday uh, pendants, uh, or um, just so much more. And again, if you need help, 24-7. This Mother's Day gives give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get 50 bucks off $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Second segment, Locked on Cardinals. Follow me on podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. This DeAndre Hopkins stuff is real, man. And 
I'm going to keep you up to date with all of the information necessary. Thank you for making Lockdown Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If it's your second time listening, welcome. If you check out three or four times a week, welcome. Thank you. Um, I I like to be as natural, organic, organic, and opinionated as possible. It's natural for me. So um, thank you for everyone who's along for the ride who disagrees with me on Twitter, who says I'm the worst on Twitter, says I'm great. I don't – thank you. Um, and I, I truly appreciate it. This offseason has been wild. Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus is going to join me next to talk about the Cardinals draft, to talk about Hollywood Brown and if he was overvalued at 23 or if it was worth it with DeAndre Hopkins' suspension coming down the pike. What is the offense for the Arizona Cardinals going to look like in 2022 through the first six weeks? Some of it's going to be predicated upon the defenses they play. Some of it's going to be predicated upon how good the opposing team is that they play. Because if it's the Chargers, if it's the Chiefs, you know, like we have no idea. The AFC West is a murderer's row. If What if it's Russell Wilson the first six weeks? What if they go to LA and play the Rams? What if they open up against the 49ers on the road? What if four of those games are at home? Like there are so many things that are going to weigh one way or the other with DeAndre Hopkins not being there. So say they have a lighter schedule. Maybe they don't need to bring in another wide receiver. Maybe they just need to, uh, you know, um, input Trey McBride in in a much more heavy pass-catching role than what they were going to do if DeAndre Hopkins wasn't going to be there. The Cardinals need to go 3-3 three and three during the first six weeks of the season. And what we found is an elongated, like, path of success week one to week 18 is much more, um, you know, healthy than starting 10-2 and two and then having a tumultuous downturn and losing in the first round of the playoffs in an embarrassing manner. So what they need to do is just tread water. All you got to do is make the dance, baby. All you got to do is make the playoffs. Ask the 49ers. And it's going to take probably 10 wins to get there. So the Cardinals cannot start 2-4 and four or 1-5. and five. Now, there's a lot of things that need to happen on the defensive side of the ball between now and the start of the NFL season. They need an edge rusher. They need a corner or two. They need a nose tackle or two. Interior defensive line is very important. And maybe they need an interior offensive lineman or two between now and training camp. And I'm sure Steve Kime has some tricks up his sleeve. I kind of wish he didn't wait till the last minute as a procrastinating student to do the things that he does. I also think that they're far away from not being competitive. And I think that's pretty obvious. So what does this offense need to look like? One, Hollywood Brown needs to ball out. This, this rapport between Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown needs to come to fruition immediately. Number two, Zach Ertz needs to be Zach Ertz again. And number three, they need to not rely on Rondell Moore or A.J. Green to put up big-time numbers every week. Now, can they? Of course. Should they? Maybe. Should they rely on that? Absolutely not. That's where a good offense is. That's where the Chiefs were. Demarcus Robinson, Nicole Hardman. They didn't rely on production from either of those guys, but when they produced, they were putting up a 45 burger. And I think that's where the Cardinals need to need to focus. And obviously, James Conner. Your three-headed monster on offense is going to be Hollywood Brown, James Conner, and Zach Ertz and Trey McBride combined. The other two guys need to be bonuses. They need to have defenses scheme for them in some capacity. But in no way do they need to be relied upon for output. And I think that's something 
that needs to be, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to re say that. I'm going to say that again. Okay. Because this is very important. The Arizona Cardinals offense needs to rely in no particular order on James Conner, Hollywood Brown, and Zach Ertz slash Trey McBride. Bonus effort from A.J. Green and Rondell Moore, maybe 10 targets combined. They cannot be in a situation where A.J. Green and Rondell Moore need to be relied upon heavily for offensive output. They're 25% of the pie. They can't be 50. And it's very, very important that it gets schemed that way, in my opinion. Play the hits, as smarter people than I say. Play the hits. Now, you may agree with that. Leave it in the comments on YouTube. Rondell Moore may have an incredible sophomore year. But that's not something where you're looking at him as the wider receiver too going into 2022. Because there's a couple things that haven't happened yet. One, we don't know if Cliff Kingsbury knows how to utilize him correctly yet. He had a couple flashes. Again, I call it the Jarvis Landry game where he had 11 catches for 60 yards or something. And then he had the big touchdown catch on a broken play uh, against Minnesota. But Rondell Moore and A.J. Green cannot be focal points of this offense or the Cardinals are in trouble. It's got to be Hollywood Brown, it's got to be James Conner, and it's got to be Zach Ertz slash uh, Trey McBride. Or these Cardinals, this, this Cardinals offense is not going to survive through the first six weeks, regardless of who they play. So checkpoints for the first two weeks before, before for the first two segments before I get to Trevor Sikama. One, if they're murderers row in the first six weeks of who they play when we find out May 12th what the schedule is, the Cardinals may need to add another wide receiver. And then number two, James Conner, Hollywood Brown, Zach Ertz slash Trey McBride, option one, two, three, in no particular order, A.J. Green and Rondell Moore, the Meikle Hardman and Demarcus Robinson of this offense. And the Cardinals can put up a 45-burger, a game at times, if it's set that way. Coming up next, Trevor Sikkim is going to join me from Pro Football Focus. We're going to talk about the draft. I lost at least an inch of my hairline that's already receding after what happened in the first two rounds. I want to know, like, Trevor's a smart dude. Okay, him and I are in lockstep with a lot of things. I want to see if the Trey McBride best value pick of the draft is real and if he even should have been drafted by the Cardinals. That's next. First, Bilt Bar. Okay, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Bilt Bar, a bunch of flavors, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, you know, 130 calories. You know, it, it used to win blind taste test against candy bars, coconut, coconut, almond, banana cream pie. It's like these things should have 40 grams of sugar, but they don't. My dad on the intermittent fasting diet. Now he's bought built bars because he's sick of his cheese crisps and crisps that he's been eating. Built bar is sweeping the nation. There's going to be a, um, there's going to be a factory, I believe in Phoenix soon, a distribution center. So you're going to be able to buy built bar in Phoenix at some point, go to built.com use locked 15 as a promo code to get 15% off. Uh, your order locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, final segment locked on Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at locked on AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, a, a conniption, I think, is too much. Um, I went on the locked on NFL live feed for the draft and I pulled my half baked moments last Jerry Maguire. I'm not going to do what everyone thinks I'm going to do, which is just freak out after the Cardinals tr traded the 23rd pick 
and then drafted a tight end at 55 when they had interior offensive line, pass rush, interior defensive line, and corner still at need. Um, I hope that my boy here from the red-bearded brethren um, is going to kind of give me a little bit to pause on here. Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus joins me now. Trev, dude, first of all, incredible work on Pro Football Focus, incredible work with the podcast with you and Connor Rogers. I mean, I so what I texted you was, are you on vacation yet? Because I know that there's some like ripple effects after a big event, and your big event was for the last seven months or eight months. Does vacation start like Monday? Are you doing all these? Are you doing fulfillment? I guess as it were on your work now, or when does vacation start? No, uh, vacation for us is not until probably like two weeks after the draft. Because you gotta like recap everything, you know? Like yeah. I get to go on shows like this and people are reaching out, they're like, hey, what'd you think of the class? Everything. So it's funny, you know, you do this, everybody thinks it's kind of this sprint, the draft weekend, and it's a little bit of an exhale, but over the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna be on plenty of shows, gonna be doing plenty of podcasts, write-ups and everything, talking about draft grades, all that kinds of stuff. So we're not in vacation mode yet, but we're almost there. We're almost fantastic. There. Fantastic. Follow him at Tampa Bay Trey on Twitter. You formerly a member of the Locked On Podcast Network family. So in perpetuity, he will be to me. So I want you to put your GM hat on first before we pivot to the draft. Knowing what you know now with DeAndre Hopkins' suspension, is 23 overall still too much to give up for Hollywood Brown? 1,000 receiving yards last year. Obviously, uh, Lamar Jackson was out for a handful of years, but it was a run first, play defense first team like the Ravens has been forever. Is 23 too much to give up for Hollywood Brown? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the answer is I'm not sure. Because in the moment, I thought it was a bad trade. I thought I thought Steve Kahn got kind of fleeced there because I understand that they probably were going to draft a wide receiver. That's just what the Arizona Cardinals do. Um, Nate Tice, the athletic, said it's like they're playing fantasy football. And that's just like what it is every year. And I understand that some teams are very prevalent on their offensive weapons and getting good wide receivers and doing all that kinds of stuff. So Arizona is just definitely in that bucket. But Marquise Brown was drafted at number 25 overall three years ago. He's traded for a pick that was even better than the pick he was drafted for. It's not like he's lit the world on fire. And sure, the system that he was coming with with the Ravens, there aren't a ton of opportunities, but he had a lot of opportunities this past year to be the main guy, especially when the injuries to Rashad Bateman happened. He gets over a 1,000 yards, but again, it's not like he blew the, the water or he blew the doors off the place. And he's in year three of his contract. Like, I, you're about to have to pay this guy. <laughs> you know, so like, did you make this trade of a first-round pick for Marquise Brown simply to make up for the DeAndre Hopkins situation? Because if not, you know, you're going to have to pay Kyler Murray. And if – the way that it was explained to me is they don't want to pay Kyler Murray at his current timetable. They want to wait for it. They don't want to give him the contract now. Well, I don't know if that's just, they don't want Kyler Murray to have power or what, but it's clearly a situation that's put them in limbo a little bit. So they go get Marquise Brown. And I think that's trying to make him happy. Obviously they probably knew about this DeAndre Hopkins suspension before they made the trades so and that goes into it a little bit, but still, is Marquise Brown about to take up money that you should be giving to Kyler Murray? Because if that's the case, that's also bad. Because it's second contract wide receiver money, especially for a guy that you just traded a first-round pick for, and it can be cheap. 
It's not going to be Devo Samuel money. It's not like he's, like he's going to be making mid-20s or something. But it's not going to be that cheap, I don't think, to get Marquise Brown back. So especially given the value that you just put on him to go get him. So I don't know, man. Like Marquise Brown himself is going to be good for this Cardinals offense, especially when DeAndre Hopkins is back. Right, you have your number one wide receiver option. Now you got a great deep threat. Theoretically, hopefully, you got a couple of tight ends that you can use over the middle. And you got Rondale Moore, who I still really like as they get the ball in his hands very quickly and let him go to work, kind of a player. You've got these kinds of guys now to make it a dynamic offense, especially with Kyler Murray and, and Connor back there in the backfield. So I like all the weapons. I just kind of felt like the Cardinals over achieved last year. So I I don't know how close they really are to that ceiling that they might believe they're at. And then the whole, you're going to have to pay Marquise Brown thing. I just, I didn't like it. I really didn't like the move. And look, Hopkins now can't play the, for the first half of the season. So now you needed some other wide receiver. So it's kind of like, okay, I, I guess, I guess I see it. But what, right when I saw the, the contract in the, or the, right when I saw the trade come down, I, I wasn't a fan. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, neither was I. At Tampa Bay Trey on Twitter, uh, Pro Football Focus, NFL Stock Exchange Pod. Um, so, I, I mean, I agree, you know, because, uh, you know, oh, well, no, they picked up his fifth-year option. How many wide receivers are playing on their last year of their deal right now? How many wide receivers that want to get paid are playing on the last year, year of their deal? I mean, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel. Like, luckily, he was a first-round pick, you know, so they have that extra fifth year. I agree with you. I mean, luckily, Zion Johnson was taken early. So it wasn't like they passed on an absolute need to trade for right. Hollywood Brown, but th there was a bunch of guys they could have drafted. I think would have been the guy that went 23 overall that brought the Buffalo Bills playbook to them during an interview or whatever it was. Here, Elam would have made an immediate impact as a cornerback one for this roster. Now, okay, this is the world in which we live. I'm not surprised because um, nothing surprises me anymore. Hollywood Brown, now the timeline for him to work is zero. This has to work like right away. There's no like massaging. Oh, you know, they had this rapport. That was five years ago. Okay. And they're playing against big 12 defenses that Hollywood Brown is, he's going up against guys that have to go to third period French on Monday. You know, like it's not, it's not the same. Now, the only thing that really bothers me about the first six weeks is Hollywood Brown needs more time to get down the field. You know what gives quarterbacks more time? The interior of the offensive line that is still, lesser than we talked about this i talked about it on the podcast when you guys were uh gracious enough to have me to make the cardinals pick let's pivot to the draft here trey mcbride i'm sure he was an apple of your eye i'm sure he had a first round grade but a lot of the teams that that are you know that could have drafted a tight end went with more positions of need and not a somewhat luxury position at this point if it's a pass catching tight end was that a home run pick for the cardinals regardless of other needs that they had, or were there other people like Drake Jackson, damn it, who went to the 49ers five picks later, six picks later, was he a good pick or was there much more value for what they needed at 55? So I think the, tra the Trey McBride was a good pick, but I don't think it was the right pick. You know, I, I, I dropped your line that you gave us on our podcast. I dropped it on the PFF show. I gave you credit for it. I gave you a shout out okay. saying, Hey, the Cardinals need to eat their vegetables. That's what Alex Clancy told us on the podcast. And, I know that that's what you've been preaching when it comes to drafting trench players, and they just don't do that. Last three drafts, they drafted off-ball linebacker, off-ball linebacker, tight end. <laughs> that's not good. It's not good, man. Especially when you're, you know, your premium picks are. Oh man, you need to be making the most out of them. So yeah. look, 
I like Trey McBride. I think that he's a really good football player. I think he's certainly going to help them out. But certainly, like, bringing back Zach Ertz, already having Max Williams in theory, you know, on that roster, how much work is Trey McBride really going to get that would have mattered more than drafting Drake Jackson at 55? Or even if we're going further down the draft, I mean, like, Bernard Raymond could have been an option for them. Jamari Sawyer could have been an option for them. Um, Luke Gadecki uh, could have been an option for them with, with either their first or second pick, I believe. So, like, there were a ton of options. Sean Ryan's another one, actually, I would have really liked to uh, the Arizona Cardinals. They just didn't have, they just didn't prioritize it. And I have said in my post draft, like radio appearances, I'm just not going to ever like a Steve Kahn draft, I don't think. He just, they approach things away, in a way that I would not. Because, now, no, let me cut you off right there. Let me ask you go this. Ahead. Is he one go of ahead. the only GMs that you feel that way about? Or is there like a cluster? That's like death taxes. These GMs are going to piss me off. Well, like, where is he on the national scale of what the hell are we doing here? Drafts. For me personally, I mean, he's pretty low. I mean, he yeah. is. I think you, when you look around the league, like I'm very confused why Howie Roseman will not prioritize a linebacker. Like mm-hmm. your team needs a linebacker and he just, he won't pick one. He won't pick one with a premium pick. And it's like, okay, I understand what you're doing. You don't want to make a living out of picking those guys in the first round. We, you need to, one, you need some sort of linebacker. So I think, Leo, like that's an area that, that it always irks me. The Seahawks continually just drafting running backs is something that used to like continues to irk me. I, I like Kenneth Walker, but I think they could have got a good running back later. Uh, at this point, the San Francisco 49ers drafting running backs is also something that's really going to bother me. But <laughs> yeah. it, it feels like... It feels like every it feels like there are GMs around the league who there are preferences that they have that I'm like, why are you doing this? But honestly, like with Steve Kimes drafts, I just continue to be baffled, I think, throughout because I listened to a good amount of Steve Kimes press conferences before this draft because I've got a notebook of some preferences that I have for GMs and how I think they're gonna go and everything. And Kime wants to be the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. He wants to. And the Ravens, better than anybody else, I would tell you, anybody else in the league, Eric DaCosta and then formerly Ozzie News. those guys go into the draft saying, we're going to draft the best player available. But they go about free agency in a way that allows them to do that. And when they say best player available, they mean within their fit and like guys that are going to consistently play well for them. So even though it might not be an immediate need for them right now, they might be a huge impact player year two, year three, year four, because their roster is set up so well, because their rotation is so healthy, because they've done this for so long. The Cardinals don't exactly have that luxury right now. And instead, Kime is somebody who continually says, we're going to draft the best player on our board when we pick. And Alex, every GM wants that to be the case. But you have to have it under an umbrella of it has to make sense for us. And I think that they don't take that that last part seriously enough because that's how you get off-ball linebacker, off-ball linebacker, tight end too. It's and like an auto-draft in fantasy. Yeah. Those right, those he is he is drafting players that they have high, not really thinking about how they're going to contribute where they need to. So look, it's a it's great in theory. Everyone loves the best player available approach. We all love that. We all think that's what you should be able to do. But not every year is that phrase equal. And I don't think the Cardinals 
take that into account enough. They are picking almost as a luxury team that is not in a luxury area of a winning window to be able to do so. So that's kind of, that's, that's what I've got. No, that's a really good way to say it. Uh, yeah, I, I talked a lot about how they're drafting like they have five Super Bowls. And it's like, you know, whatever whatever we're going to do is, is what we're going to do, you know. Um, no, that, that's a really good way to put it. Um, like, and I'll get out, I'll get you out of here on this. You know, what they draft, instead of, like, David Ajabo was five or seven picks away from them in the second round. And what I was just on my, like, hoping for, trade 55 and 100 to move up six spots and draft a guy that's going to be a transcendent talent for you for, for the next decade, hopefully. And you're, yeah, you're going to miss a chunk of this year. And then he falls to the Ravens. It's like, of course he does. They, they, had, they, had, their, they had their pick of N'Kobe Dean and David Ajabo. It's like, well, and obviously N'Kobe Dean fell further. Uh, one more question. Give me, give me 90 seconds at most on uh, Cam Thomas and Majai Sanders, the two DNs that the Cardinals drafted, San Diego State and Cincinnati in the third round. There are rumors they're going to move um, uh, the kid from Cincinnati to Edge and Cameron Thomas to the outside of the line. Is there immediate impact that can be made from these two guys in 2022, or is there going to be a learning curve? Wait, where are they going to put Cam Thomas? I think they're going to move just uh, on just as a normal DN. They're not going to move. They're not going to have him inside. Okay, okay, okay. Well, okay. So he's the bigger body. So I figured yeah. that that was going to be the case if he was going to be more of like a like a hand in the dirt or like a true yeah. edge kind of player. Yeah, I like I like Cam Thomas, high energy kind of edge rusher. But it, like you're not replacing Chandler Jones with Cam Thomas, right? Yeah. So. Cam Thomas would be a great guy to come in as a edge three in a rotation to give you a really great jump if Chandler Jones was still there and J.J. Watts there. So, like, you throw this guy in, he gives you extremely high effort and you make something happen. You know, look, I think people are going to point to the fact that, oh, well, look at Max Crosby. Max Crosby came into the league, and he kind of had the exact profile, it feels like, that Cam Thomas totally. did. But it's, that's that's one guy who worked out really well against others. So, I liked him more as a rotational guy. I, look, man – I'm I'm scared of Maje Sanders. I don't know what the hell happened with him this offseason. He was playing 255 pounds, comes in the senior bowl at 240, was 228 at the combine, bulks back up to 240 for his pro day. I don't know what he's going to play at. If he's a 240-pound edge rusher, that's that will not succeed. I do not like that. He will get overpowered in the NFL. So I truly have no idea with Maje Sanders. So I didn't really love that pick. But to not be such a stick in the mud about it, I like Keontae Ingram a lot. I think he's a good football player that you got in the sixth round there. That was a really nice pick. And I also like Marquise Haynes as a DPR designated pass rusher uh, at the very end of the draft. I think that um, he's going to be that kind of just pass rush specialist for you be able to have some packages that he can come in, make a difference in, uh, in some unique and multiple fronts. And so, look, McBride's a good football player. Cam Thomas, I think, is a good football player. Keontae Ingram is a good fo- football player. And then I like where they got Marquise Haynes at the end of the draft. But – Again, it felt like this was a team that was doing a luxury draft and might not be in a luxury position. So the players it's not just me, out. damn it. It's not Trevor Sigmund was one of the nicest damn people in the world, and he just railed on the Arizona Cardinals for nine minutes. Alex Clancy, locked on Cardinals. You're gonna get the real conversation here. This is why we do it. This is why I bring Trevor on. He's gonna shoot me straight. Um, at Tampa Bay Trey on Twitter, NFL Stock Exchange Pod with Connor Rogers. Dude, one of the best in the business. Thanks so much for joining me. Alex Clancy, locked on Cardinals. We'll talk to you tomorrow.